you're very welcome and uh, good morning. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Saturday, it is the final Saturday of June and that means we're on our summer break after this morning. We're on morning a little tour. break, a little yeah. break for, for well, two months. Well, you're on a summer break, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I want to clarify that. I'm not. I'm, I'm here next Saturday as we, usual. <clears throat> wait, you see the weather will pick up now probably for the next couple of uh, six or eight weeks when we're, when we're not here on the gardening programme. But yeah, we take a break always at the end of June coming into July, or I take a break, I should say. Uh, so it was my last TV programme on Thursday with TV3 mm-hmm. until September. Right. And we're back with the radio programme, the autumn programme. Uh, I think it's around the 1st of September, whatever is the first Saturday in September is. We're back right through till the end of November. Okay, so really we have kind of eight weeks in our round to put all of the good advice and information into practice, exactly. isn't that it? Exactly. Now I'll be keeping the blog and the website updated with weekly tips so uh, there's no excuses there'll be plenty of jobs and, and uh, ideas and tasks to be done so people can check into the website gardencentre.ie go onto the blog page and I update that every week with uh, just things to be do- doing in the garden or if there's any blight warnings I'll put them up there as well so just keep an eye on that maybe once a week and there'll be plenty of ideas and information yeah, yeah. and jobs to do in the garden <laughs> so there's no excuses Don't worry. gardening still continues it, to regard- regardless it? yes yeah. it does regardless yeah. of holidays or otherwise exactly um, so yeah we'll be taking a short break okay you had a big night during the week as well we had Thursday was great and and it was a beautiful evening if you remember back to Thursday it was a beautiful sunny Bammy, actually very warm. Um, oh, it was actually. Uh, yeah. So I was surprised we had over a hundred people turn up fantastic. for the gardening evening and uh, lots of information, lots of ideas. But I think the key thing of the night was telling people how to propagate their own plants. And uh, you know, with the, with the temperatures that we had mm. certainly during the week, it was ideal weather for sowing seeds and taking cuttings. And we talked about hanging baskets and just jobs in the garden in general. But it was the general theme was about using the type of weather we have, that kind of warmer temperatures to propagate your own plants. So a lot of interest, a lot of uh, good information, but I think people uh, appreciated the night and great turnout. I was, I was yeah. surprised actually how many people on a fine evening they weren't on cutting fr- the grass and because the old fine evenings are a little are rare, rare at the moment they? yes they, they are yes they are but I suppose everything still is very wet uh, as a result of the kind of weather and <clears> the rain that we've had so maybe we just it, is, it was a bit too wet maybe is it is it too wet to be I know it's my own back garden it's like it's waterlogged oh it's very wet <laughs> and, and uh, funny enough when I was coming up this morning I saw a guy out with a strimmer strimming grass along a, around the, the, the roadway yeah. but he had the right gear on he had the, the, the Wellingtons on, the pull-ups on. He was properly togged out right. for the weather. So I suppose, you know, it's, it's not about the weather. It's about, I suppose, maybe the clothing it's that we wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is. It's difficult gardening weather. There's no doubt about it. Um, I suppose the point I was making on Thursday night, it is actually good planting weather because the soil is, it's very moist at the moment and right. growth is very strong at the moment. So there's lots of growth. You can see it in the amount of vegetation mm. and the way, the way the weeds are growing, the way the roadways are growing, the sides of the edges of the roadways are growing um, and trees are putting on a lot of growth at the moment. So there's, there's plenty of growth out there certainly and if things start to dry up again it'll be great planting weather if you're putting in new hedges or trees or shrubs where sometimes during the middle of the summer if we do get dry period the soil is just too dry to plant so it's actually quite good planting weather when things dry up a little bit you know the soil uh, the moisture levels are there the other thing really is is in terms of just diseases in the garden like Mm. blight um i i issued a blight warning last week and um you know, we're, we're into that time of year where blight is going to be a problem, particularly this sort of level of, of rainfall and where you get the temperatures above 10 degrees Celsius, mm. you do get blight, blight conditions. So if we do get a bit of dry weather over the next couple of days, if you get a couple of dry hours, do go out and give the potatoes a bit of a treatment of dithane or Promoximil or one of the, the uh, preventative sprays. And things like roses as well, a lot of mildew 
knocking, uh, knocking around black spot, rust as well. So if you're, you know, again, during dry weather, if you do get a, a dry window, mm. use that to just treat your plants and protect them against any diseases that might be okay, knocking Okay, yeah, because really the weather is it's favouring. It's uh, clammy, it's, it's humid. It's humid, yeah. yeah. It's almost, I mean, I'd like to say it's almost tropical, Rather, but that's yeah, the sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tropical rain, yeah, yeah, yeah. tropical <laughs> moisture. And that does favour the spread of, of diseases in the garden. Where yeah. When you get nice dry weather, it's not a problem. So a blight spreads on the, the spores of moisture and it just it spreads. So do protect the potatoes. After all the hard work, it'd be a shame to see any of them being affected. Uh, so do keep an eye on that. But... Um, you know, there's plenty of things to be done still yeah. in the garden, so I'm sure we'll have lots of questions. Uh, we, and already, and actually they were coming in quite early, and we've one or two on email as well, uh, and we might just go to a couple of those first of all. Yeah. Um, I actually am going to start off being very selfish. I had a question directed at go me on. as if I'm the expert, which we know I'm not, uh, during the week, but to pass it on. Um, somebody with an, a beauty of bath apple tree. Oh yeah, tree. lovely apple, real old variety. Yeah, yeah nice and they've had it for quite a while, um, many, many years, but hasn't really uh, come into blossom with any great amount of abundance, shall we say, this year. Right. Um, they feel it possibly needs a prune and wondering how do you go about that? Well, it's funny enough, you're com- we, we, we generally so the, the, or associate the pruning of apple trees and fruit trees in general with winter pruning. Mm. And any pruning you do during the winter months, say from November through till February, early March, is generally to, there to stimulate new growth or to shape the tree. So any winter pruning is really about kind of, you know, taking out any dead or damaged branches or, or, or opening up the tree or just encouraging new growth. But at this time of year, uh, around the, the middle of July is the time to actually prune back apple trees, that, that extensive growth that they've made since March, you you prune it back. So it seems, it seems a funny time to be cutting back apple trees, but, yeah. it, but actually the pruning in the summertime promotes flowering for next year. Okay. So what you're actually doing is giving the plant a bit of a shock because you're cutting away half its foliage and half its stem and you're taking away some of its food source. So the plant reacts to that by slowing down in growth and the, the little growth buds form into flower buds for the following year. So it's a way of, I suppose, tricking the plant into feeling that, well, you know, the growth is stopping now because I've, I've lost a lot of my mm. foliage and stem. It's time to start producing flower buds. So if you prune your apple trees back, all that kind of extensive growth, which might be a foot and a half long at this time of year or two feet long, shorten it back to about six inches from uh, where it grew this year. Now leave the leaves on it. So you're just really really just removing about maybe a foot of growth, six inches to a foot of growth off the new growth of this year. So just tidying all the branches back and that will trigger those branches to stop growing and produce flower buds for next year. The other thing you can do is to put a little bit of sulphur of potash on as well. Mm-hmm. So that will again, a small box of sulphur of potash applied around the base now, and again applied at the end of July or early August, again, slows down the growth in plants. And again, the plant is triggered to produce flower buds for next year. So a little bit of summer pruning is very is highly advisable, and we're coming up to the time of year to do that. About the middle of July is the ideal time to do it simply cut back the branches by half or uh, a little bit more and then put on the potash and I guarantee you'll have lots of flower blossom next spring. Okay, great. There you go. First question answered. <laughs> now we've also had one in on the email as well mm. from Aidan. Good morning to you and thanks for the photograph and everything. Um, Porg, Aidan is wondering if we can diagnose what his golden willow needs. There's mm. a yellow moss-like growth on the branches and a lot of the ends and tips of the branches are dead. The tree is six years old and he has sent us a photograph. It is and I had a look at it earlier yeah. on. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> there was a bit of a sigh, Aidan, I'm there, afraid. There was, there yeah, was a yeah. small sigh. Now there is lichen on the plant, okay. right? And lichen uh, is that green growth 
it can often be bluish or greenish or yellowish in colour. Um, that's not parasitic. It's not going to damage the actual willow. It's just an indication that the actual willow was struggling. Um, and the lichen is just taking advantage of that. So that's not the problem with the willow. The willow itself is very sick. Uh, it's got very little foliage on it. It's not doing well. And my advice really is to cut it close to ground level and you could do that at this time of year now and the willows will respond by producing lots of new growth right at the base and and, uh, shooting forward. So I would cut that willow back very severely. Um, It's about probably nine, ten feet tall at the moment. Mm. So cut it to within two feet of ground level and it'll reshoot again at the base and, and grow back up again. Now the other thing is to keep any grass and weeds and any vegetation away from the base of it. So clean that off first, prune it back hard, feed it and you get lots of new growth and on that new growth the, the plant should remain healthy. Okay. All right. So, but you're talking about all, all of the branches. All off. of the branches, so yeah. So we're just talking about, about the trunk, down to two, about two feet two off feet, the trunk. And it'll reshoot again from that from that point. Okay. So they're easy to grow willows, right. but they can suffer from some diseases. And I guess, you know, looking that, at the tree, that has uh, suffered over okay. the last number of years. So by pruning it now, you'll stimulate new growth, particularly if you feed it and if you get rid of any of the grass and weeds at the base. And uh, you'll be surprised how well it'll come on even this year. Okay, good stuff. Good luck with that, Aidan. Thank you very much for uh, the photograph and everything. Uh, now, uh, Porig, uh, purple broccoli. Somebody's yep. wondering, is it hard to grow? When do I sow it from plants or seeds? And what other winter veg is there that you can well, grow? That's one of your favourites, isn't the broccoli? I love purple sprouting broccoli. I do. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you yummy. Go. Do you grow it? No, no pork. All right, okay. <laughs> Silly question. Okay. Not, well, to, not it, this year. We, you should, you, it, can, you yeah. should give it a try because yeah. it's, it's probably one of the easiest plants to grow from seed. And now, anytime in late June, July, early August, you can sow purple sprouting broccoli. So you buy yourself a little packet of seed. Okay. There's maybe, many, I'll, maybe my little project yeah, for the weekend. Yeah, give, give, give it a go. Um, they're, they're, very, they're in the, the cabbage family, as you know, broccoli. Mm-hmm. But purple sprouting broccoli in particular is very tough and it's a good winter vegetable because it'll produce its, its uh, florets anytime from November right through to February or March of the following year. My advice is to sow it at this time of year. It'll germinate within a couple of days. Now you can sow it indoors in a tray mm. or in a pot or you can sow it directly out of doors. So if you had a nice area in the garden little ridge or drill just get that ready rake it off put in the seed they're reasonably large so they're easy to sow and you'll only need to sow a package will probably contain maybe 100 seed you only need to sow maybe 20 seed uh, this month but in August or late July early August sow another few seeds so stagger the sowing so that you've got broccoli coming on then from autumn right through to winter and there are many different varieties as well you know from kind of light purple varieties Mm. to very dark uh, nearly black Uh, coloured broccoli so many different varieties but now is the time to sow the seed you can start them off indoors transplant them out then uh, about the middle of July early early August you know into the planting area space the plants about two feet apart so you can sow the seeds quite close together but as they germinate and when they're about two or three inches high lift them and transplant them spacing them two feet apart firm them in well and watch for your slugs would be the key, okay. right? So for the first couple of weeks, do put some slug control around the base them because the slugs will relish the young broccoli plants. The other thing to keep an eye on them is with caterpillars in August and September. Um, the white butter ca- caterpillars that attack uh, cabbages will attack broccoli as well. But it's a very vigorous plant. And when it's, once it starts growing, 
an odd little bit of pest damage is no problem whatsoever. So right. in the form, the first couple of weeks, keep an eye on them, protect them. But a very great, great vegetable to grow. And once you start taking the little florets off the top of the broccoli, it'll produce a lot of spears lower down. So you're picking on a regular basis. And <clears throat> it's funny, we had a, a listener uh, on Thursday night that had a problem, well, not a problem, but had a question about broccoli. Mm. And th- th- broccoli at this time of year, or, or calabrese, the green broccoli, the problem with Good it is if you seed, don't, it, it does very yeah. quickly because things are warm mm. and it's trying to flower. So it runs to seed very quickly that you see the yellow shoots coming on it. And that's generally the problem with green broccoli at this time of year, that people aren't picking it regularly enough and it just goes to seed. Whereas the purple broccoli, because you're growing it during the winter, it's cold. So it's like putting it in the fridge. Right. It doesn't run to seed. seed. Right. You don't get that unless it's extremely mild. Yeah. So it sits out there waiting for you to come out and, and pick and it. it. Okay. So it, it's a lot easier vegetable to grow totally winter hardy and if anything the florets are actually nicer if you have a bit of frost you know the, the, the flavour is, is more, more intense, intense. Yeah. so to answer the question it's a great time to sow the seed they're very very easy to sow if people were taking out say potatoes over the next couple of weeks it'd be an ideal spot to put the purple sprouting broccoli mm. in there and grow them for the winter okay um there are different, if you have an open site, go for a shorter variety, mm. one that might grow two feet in height. If you've got plenty of space and it's reasonably sheltered, then there, there are, there uh, you know, taller varieties that you can pick as well. Okay. So yeah, well worth, well worth planting. I am inspired. Will you, I know will you I am that? and I'm not being sarcastic, but I am Will you do it? <laughs> I think I might give it a shot. <laughs> go. If I was coming up next week, I'd have brought you up a bag of seed. But I know, we'll, we'll get some seed. Right. We'll, yeah. Only we'll, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see how you can, it can be my question yeah, well, in September. Well. How's my purple spreading broccoli coming along? Exactly. Um, yeah, it, but I do, I do love it. So now, other winter vegetables, I think they asked the mm. question. I mean, there's plenty of other things that you can sow, like winter lettuce, uh, some cauliflower rice can be still sown at this time of year. Um, what else? Swiss chard which again will come through the winter extremely well. Turnips can still be sown at this time of year for picking through the winter. Mm. So there's plenty of winter vegetables you can sow at this time of year. But purple sprouting broccoli is probably one of the best. Okay. Now, we talked, we t- you, you really mentioned blight there. Somebody thinks they might have blight on their record. Potatoes. All right, Brown okay. patches on the leaves in the yeah, past two days. Like is, is that blight? That, well, that is, sounds like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, you get kind of brown... Uh, blotches on the on the leaves. Mm. The leaves might be slightly curled as well. Um, if it's if it only has come on the last few days, then my advice is to put on some of the Promoximal spray. That w- that actually has the um, it's the, it's the spray that the growers use, and they use it because first of all it's systemic. It gets into the uh, s- the system of the plant, so it protects from within. But it also can reverse the early stages of blight. So if you catch it within the first kind of week of blight, then Promoximal will actually dry up the spores and stop it from spreading. Now, Dithin won't be as won't be effective or the Bordeaux mixture. So in this instance where you, where you suspect you might have a small bit of blight, as long as the plants haven't completely collapsed, if it's only the early stages, then you'll find the Promoximal spray will reverse that damage. It'll dry up the spores and it'll protect the plants from, from there on in. You need a bit of dry weather to apply it. So I think tomorrow, we're, or this evening actually, and tomorrow I think we're promised uh, some dry weather. Some, and as long as you get an hour, yeah. An yeah. hour, oh, okay, that's enough. Oh, well, yeah. I think it's a, yeah, I think we're so going to get that one. A little promoximal spray I would use in this instance, it'll reverse the damage and uh, the plant should be perfectly okay. And promoximal will, you, you generally treat, you, you apply it maybe every two weeks, so it protects for at least a minimum of two week period. 
So one application will, okay, will so bring you, it into the middle of the right, July. Right, so you don't have yeah. to be out every couple correct, of days. Correct, yeah. Okay, lovely. We are going to take a quick break. Lots of questions to come. Keep them coming to us. 87 That is our text with thanks to C&C Cellular for Vodafone Mobile Broadband. That's reliable. You can call us as well on 0818 3055 and that email address is garden at midwestradio.ie. I just want to mention, first of all, a little bit of sad news for people in the Strandhill area and particularly organisers of the Strandhill show. They've been on to us and sadly it has been cancelled now due to the weather conditions that has come in uh, from the secretary there. Um, so Strandhill show not happening. I suspect that was today. Um, so uh, we'll bring you further details on that a little bit later on. Yes, that was uh, today that was due to happen. Um, so not happening now because of... All of the inclement conditions that we have been enduring over the past couple of weeks, they've kindly come to a head and a lot of things are being affected in that regard at the moment. Um, also, Porik, on a good news story, um, we do have uh, occasional situations, the, the old horse's tail or the mayor's oh, yeah, tail yeah, causes yeah. a problem yes, for people course. and we have been advising or you've been advising on that. Um, one lady has rang in to say that we have given her an enormous amount of pleasure over the last three weeks as she has watched it die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> die, we'd die. I can just see. A success story. Yeah, the yeah, sense yeah. of achievement, you're going, yeah, Yes, finally. <laughs> and you're probably looking at it for years oh. and it comes back every so often. It sure does. Hopefully, it's a tough, it's yeah. a tough one to well, get rid of. Hopefully that that is the end of the time. So good. thanks. Thank you for that. <laughs> now, questions. Uh, where are we at all? Climbers. Some, yes. Some, some questions on climbers uh, this morning, I noticed. Um, sorry, just scroll back up here now. Somebody is wondering, first of all, uh, would we have a, a, su- a suggestion of climbers to use on a bare block wall about eight foot high? There are types, are there types that will stick on themselves or need oh, little yeah, support? Oh yeah, there are, yeah, there are. Um, and again, it's a great time to plant climbing plants in, in particular in the garden. So self-clinging varieties will be, well, the, the first one that springs to mind is, is obviously the um, the ivies varieties like Gold Child or, or Gold Heart, which are evergreen, self-cling scramble that have no problem growing eight feet and covering a wall and of course because they're evergreen you've got foliage colour all year round uh, Virginia creeper would also be nice which has that lovely uh, orange or scarlet leaf colour in the autumn time very fast climber they should cover an eight foot wall in probably three to four years easily so Virginia creepers there's different varieties a good variety is one called um, green spring which is in the Boston Ivy family, similar to Virginia Creeper, but it's quite a nice one. It's got very large leaves, nearly the size of a their heart shape and they're possibly three to four inches in diameter. Quite a nice variety and it goes a lovely scarlet red colour. So that's one called Green Spring. Um, another good climber would be climbing Hydrangea. Hydrangea petiolaris, which um, is in the Hydrangea family. Okay, but it's a and climber. is that big? Well, it'll grow, it can grow anything up to 12, 15 feet, right. but it roots like ivy onto the wall. Oh. So it self-clings. Now, the key thing with, with, any, with any climbers that you're planting at the base mm. wall, remember that they have to grow 8, 9, 10 feet in height. Prepare the soil well. Make sure that you dig out a good size hole, put in some plenty of compost, put in some slow-release fertiliser. Do spend a bit of effort and time preparing the soil. That's important. Take your plant then off its canes. So generally when you buy them, they're on three or four canes to keep them upright. Mm. Take them off that and spread them laterally onto the wall because most people will tend to plant them and leave the canes on them and you end up with a bare gap between each climber. 
So you've got an inverted V. So really the climbers are using the, the cane to climb against as such rather yeah, well, than they're, maybe... They're, you're, you're encouraging them to go vertical, which yeah. is a natural tendency of any... Yeah. If you look at ivy growing on a on a, a telegraph pole, it'll be bare right at the base. There'll be only two or three little stems, but it'll be very bushy and full at the top. Mm. So plants naturally are searching for the light. So the head vertical. So to counteract that, you bend the stems laterally Right, so put them nearly horizontal to the soil and clip them on with a few electrician clips mm. and up they go. So take them off the canes, very important, and put and spread them out laterally. Otherwise you'll have bare gaps right along the, the base of the wall and in between the plants themselves. So you want a nice full effect from, from ground level to the top, sp- spread the stems out, clip them on and away they go. Okay, and good. a great time to plant them. So there are three good ones I would put on. Hydrangea petiolaris, the evergreen or the uh, the uh, flowering climbing hydrangea, the evergreen ivies, or the Virginia creepers, or Boston ivies, and a nice variety is one called Green Spring. Okay, and uh, somebody else was just now on kind of uh, on foot of that. Yeah. Some flowering climbers. I mean, and then the hydrangea obviously is there. Is it, and it, and uh, are, uh, because they already have an, a wall with ivy. So all right, they want okay. something to mix in with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a well where you've got ivy already growing on a wall. It it gives you the the ideal platform uh, to put some climbing, other climbing flowers up through it, particularly with those that need a bit of support. So things like honeysuckles, clematis in particular, which would be flowering right through the summer, they would relish growing up through an existing ivy plant. So again, the same thing applies. You prepare the soil well, you spread out the stems onto the existing ivy. Once the, the clematis feels the ivy, it'll wrap around it, it'll scramble up through it, and then you'll get the flowers of the clematis peeping out through. So nice varieties for summer colour would be a variety called Jackman Eye, which is a, a very deep purple. Mm-hmm. The President, which is a lighter blue. Uh, Villa de Leon, which is a lovely red. Uh, Nelly Moser, which is a two-tone variety. So any of those will flower throughout the summer months. But you could also use honeysuckle, which would be uh, quite nice and, and you'd get the scent from the honeysuckle as well. And any of those climbers will use the ivy for support. Excellent. Somebody came across Adelia and Begolia begonia bulbs in the garage and they right. purchased them in March this year and they're wondering is it too late to plant them now or they, no, no, they no. feel I mean, they seem okay yeah what if they're still if the bulbs are still firm and it's, it's, mm. it's funny that came up on Thursday night as well oh. we, we were just talking about that in general people often buy bulbs or seeds and leave them knocking around lying around the house mm-hmm. so yes you can if you've got dahlias begonias um, any of the summer bulbs and they're still firm and still healthy they remain dormant you could pop them up now and you'd be surprised how quick they'll come into growth um, within five weeks they'll start to flower so if you potted your dahlias now by certainly the first week of August, the second week of August, they'll start to flower and you'll get the colour then flowering right through to November. So if you've got bulbs knocking around, yeah, take them out of their packets, pot them up, put them in a bright windowsill, keep them moist and within a couple of weeks they'll have reshoot it and once you see the shoots coming on them, plant them out into the garden. Okay. They'll be perfectly okay. Great. Um, somebody's wondering, are there any organic treatments for blight on their potatoes? Well, you can use the um, Bordeaux mixture, which is um, it's a copper-based treatment. It's copper and lime that's mixed together. It's it, Bordeaux. It was the old spray that was used on the on the grapes in France to keep mildew off them. So that it would be the organic growers would use that as a treatment for blight. So that's the one I would use Bordeaux mixture. Now it is a preventative. So if you've got blight already, then it won't cure that. So it's it's used to prevent blight rather than um, rather than, uh, rather than the, the other problem. one I, me- I mentioned earlier on. Yeah, the bromoxamil. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that would be quite good to use. Useful. 
Now, uh, somebody is wondering uh, what fertilizer can they use on their vegetable plants to give them a lift? Is there one that they can use on all vegetables, please? Yeah, you can use. You could use the um, Vitex Q4, which is a general purpose fertilizer. It's very good on onions, leeks, cabbage, um, any of the kind of the, the plants that need a reasonably high nutrition. So that can be applied now again with the wet weather. It's ideal. You just simply it's a granulated fertilizer. You. Uh, simply sprinkle it onto the soil and uh, the rain will wash it in and for potatoes it would be ideal as well so Vitex Q4 just sprinkle it on around the base of the plants and maybe repeat it in three or four weeks time and that's that's the one application or the one fertiliser will do a broad spectrum of vegetables so Vitex Q4 is the one I'd use yeah Okay. <coughs> now, somebody says that they enjoy the programme and um, they're wondering, uh, if you know can you recycle all the empty pots you get when you buy plants and flowers? You can of course now, the yeah. thing is to wash them and put them into your recycling bin. On the bottom of the pots, from memory, there, there's the little... The little triangle. Yeah, the little yeah. Uh, recycling um, symbol. Yeah. So they can be re- recycled. And most of them are some form of plastics. So they'll probably have the number of the plastics. You know, plastics range from one to six, I think, or something. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the yeah the type of plastic, all right. And uh, they well then when they go for recycling, they have different purposes. Right. Uh, yeah, you see font of information. Um, but uh, yes, so as far as I know, I've put mine in the recycling yeah. bin. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I just clean them, wash them, and clean them, and and, and put them back in, and uh, yeah. Yeah. they'll come back in a future life as what I don't know a chair or something <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing actually the things that um, that, that, that can be you know that, that, that are created from the recycling anyway it, this is a gardening programme not a recycling <laughs> programme so we'll keep going with the gardening questions it's onions pouring that yes. were set in March and okay. they're growing wild oh, why yeah. is this well a lot of onions are actually uh, going to, or they're bolting bolting or going to seed oh right right and <clears throat> that happens that happens in any plant if uh, rem- remember i always keep telling people that the function of any plant is to flower and to reproduce so any plant that actually uh, comes out under uh, any shock or uh, shock to the system will uh, often run to seed and onions are very typical of that and this year onions generally when they're harvested in the autumn when the uh, growers are, are sowing the seed of what you're buying in the spring are the little sets which were sown from seed during the summer of, of the previous year they're harvested then in the nurseries and they're dried and they're often heat treated as well to keep them stored through the winter the reason I'm telling you all of that is that when you plant them then in the spring and these were obviously planted in March mm. we had very if you remember two really nice warm weeks and then followed by cold a cold mm. period and when you get that fluctuation in temperatures with onions it, it triggers bolting in onions so I'm not surprised particularly the fact that there were fl- they were planted in March. in March. Yeah. Now I was looking at, at I have some onions planted myself this mm. this year which were planted kind of probably mid-April but they're perfect. There's no sign of they're growing really well and there's no sign of any um any uh, seed heads coming on them. They're not running to seed. But in this instance the listener planted them back in March. You know, during that very good weather the the the, the plants reacted to that. They got a cold shock and that sends them. So it's not anything that the listener has done it wrong. It just thought it was winter again. They, yeah, it, well, when you get that fluctuation in mm. temperatures where they're growing really well, they've come out of dormancy, they're growing really well, and then they get a check to growth, and that sets them back. Right. Um, so, and it, it can often happen in, in uh, broccolis or in cauliflower or any of the flowering uh, vegetables, that can happen. But particularly with onions, they are sensitive to weather conditions. And if they're planted early and you get that cold weather in April, which we did get, then I'm not surprised you're going to get. And I'd, I'd say that's, you know, the listener isn't alone on this one. This would be quite common for right. people that have planted the uh, bulbs early in the year. 
Okay. So it's nothing the listener has done wrong. It's nothing to do with nutrition or soil or anything like that. It's just where they get the plants get a shock right. to the system and therefore they just run to seed. The trigger itself to run to seed. And can anything be done then? No. no. Okay. Uh, right, moving on. So, <laughs> miracle Grow. Is yes. it okay to put on trees and shrubs? Well, it's, it's, it's okay to put it on. It's not going to do them any harm. Yeah. But to be honest, trees, miracle Grow is great for your hanging baskets, your window boxes, for vegetables, for herbs, for the kind of bedding plants, the, yeah. the softer and lighter plants. It's, it's really good. Putting it on trees and shrubs will... It, it'll certainly give them a little bit of a boost, but you really need something stronger. Right. I would put on a granulated fertilizer, something like Sudden Impact or a tree and shrub fertilizer, which it tends they tend to be a granulated fertilizer, so there's more of a kick in them. Whereas the Miracle Grow and the liquid feeds in general are there just to give plants a bit of a tonic, Ooh. a bit of a lift, right. and are more suitable for. I would keep that for my hanging baskets, window boxes, bedding plants in general, vegetable plants. Great to give them a boost, but to be honest, for trees and shrubs, they need something with more of a kick. And again, it's a good time of year to put on the fertilizers because they're actively they're still actively growing there's plenty of moisture there the rain will wash the fertilizer in and the plants will take it up within a couple of weeks so I would switch to a, a, a sudden impact or a tree and shrub feed and you'll find that more beneficial and do it now and again possibly at the end of July and right. that's enough then there's no need to, okay. to feed them after that. Okay, excellent. Now, uh, lots of white clover in a lawn. Yeah, I see it everywhere yeah, at the moment. Yeah. They tried some Verdone <coughs> lawn spray but not really working. Would you have, what would you recommend to get rid yeah, of well, the clover, lawn clover? Clover can be a tough, it has a kind of a very, very waxy leaf and uh, you'd often see the dew in the morning tends to bubble up on the leaf of, of clover um, so for that reason many weakers find it difficult to actually penetrate the leaf and get down in and become mm. effective so clover is a tough old lawn weed to get rid of now first of all where you, where you have it in the garden it's a sign that the, the nutrition in the lawn is relatively low because clover fixes its own nitrogen like peas and beans and where you get soils that have low levels of nitrogen you tend to get a lot of clover where lawns tend to be very high in nitrogen you get very little levels of clover so what it's telling you is that the lawn needs a feed first of all Um, so that's something that the listener could do straight away the benefit of feeding the lawn as well is that you're making the clover softer and more susceptible to a treatment so I would feed the lawn this weekend if you can and then maybe during midweek or as the clover is growing well uh, treat it with dicoflower which you'll find very effective on clover dicoflower it's a specific lawn weed killer uh, but it's extremely effective on clover um, I can vouch for that Okay, uh, I've tried it it's, it's extremely good it'll kill other broadleaf weeds as yeah. well like uh, dandelions and daisies and so on but it's a very effective on clover so that's something called dicoflower you can put it on in dry weather but I would feed the lawn first and then apply the dicoflower and you'll find the clover gone within within a week Okay. It'll have cleaned it up. up. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, now, a lot of potato questions, although okay. I have to say, I was driving around, I had an opportunity to be on the road a little bit this week and saw some great ridges of potatoes. Oh, and yeah, 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 they were really, you could really see that the stalks come up. And all the uh, hard work you see has, you know, people have put the hard work in now, yeah. sprouting the potatoes back in February, getting the ridges ready, you know, and it's time to look after them now, mind them. Well, this person has some holes in their potato stalks. All oh, right, okay. Uh, and they, some are being eaten down. They're wondering, is it a fly? They have sprayed them. Well, capsid, capsid bug is is a pest that will feed on potato stalks and it will actually damage things like dahlias. I had, a, again, a listener on, on Thursday night with problems with dahlias where the capsid bug, which is it's very distinctive, it's um, on the leaves, the you get these kind of pitted holes. So it's not that the, the leaf has been eaten from the outside, right through the leaf itself, there's these small little holes, as if it, you shot it with a shotgun type of, um, that's that type, type of characteristics. So small little uh 
pinholes through the actual leaves and potatoes would suffer from that as well. Now, to be honest, unless it's very bad and very damaging, I wouldn't bother spraying, particularly if they're growing healthy. And there's a, So if, this, if the damage is quite light, leave them alone. Uh, they'll be fine. If the damage is, 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 is quite noticeable, then you can use something like Bug Clear um, applied in the evening time. Caps of bugs tend to feed towards the evening. Um, they're a very elusive type of pest because when you come close to the plant or if you disturb the plant, they just either fly off straight away or mm. drop to the ground. So they're hard to see, but they are. But the, but the damage is very distinctive in that it's that pinholed type of okay. damage. Um, on dahlia, certainly I would I would treat those because it can actually affect the flowering buds. But for the potatoes, you could simply use, there's a, a bug clear specifically for vegetables and that will control any foliar pests on potatoes or vegetables in general, mm. uh, caterpillars, aphids, uh, the general sap sucking or leaf eating ve- uh, pests yes. would be controlled with bug clear. So there's a specific one, specific one for vegetables which is safe to use and if your cabbage is say or your cauliflower ready to harvest, you can use it within a couple of days after treating. But it would be effective on the potatoes as well. Lots of potato questions, obviously. Yes, yeah, potatoes yeah. are, are time of year. Yeah, in, in, in full rev at the moment. This person has early potatoes forming on the top of stalks. Why is this? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying. The potatoes I thought were underneath the ground. And these ones are forming overground. Yeah, no, but what happens is, remember, the potatoes flower. It's a seed. Yeah, it's the seed. It's the seed heads that are actually forming on your uh, on your early potatoes. Now, to be honest, that's that's a sign that the potatoes should be ready for lifting uh, because they're flowered and they're producing their seed heads. And the seed heads look like miniature potatoes. They're little, you know, little kind of like marble-sized yeah. fruits on the and they're the little seed, seed heads, heads of of the potatoes. So, but what I what I what I would be checking is that are the potatoes ready for lifting? So go out with your fork, dig okay. up your early potatoes. They put should on be, the pot. Put on the pot exactly because um, generally speaking, early early potatoes, early varieties like Duke of York, Sharps Express, Home Guards, British Queens, af- two weeks after flowering is the time that they should be ready for lifting and. They te- the flavour tends to be better if you pick them relatively small. So don't be waiting for them to go, grow to a, you know, the size of a traditional cur pink or a, a record. Pick them relatively small, you know, so larger than a hen's egg, but, you know, still relatively small because the flavour is better in mm. them. But I would, you know, I would go out with a fork today and check those potatoes and it sounds like they need to be lifted. You're making me hungry. Hey. <laughs> so it's nothing to worry about. Yeah. It's totally natural. If- now they're poisonous, those little buds. Oh, so don't eat those. No, 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 don't (laughs) eat them. But but also, you know, kids might be picking them up or whatever. So, um, you know, maybe just cut them off the plant if you're going to let the plant grow on. They are very highly, as you know, potatoes, the, 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 the green potatoes can be poisonous. Parts of the potato plant are poisonous. They're in the Solanaceae family. So the tubers are perfectly okay. I, <laughs> don't I, get me I wrong. I don't know that now. Oh yeah, green potatoes. Oh yeah, highly, highly. If, if potatoes get the sunlight and they go green in oh, colour. Oh, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah I've heard. They're, they're, they're poisonous. And, but also the, the um, seed heads of potatoes are right. poisonous as well. Yeah. So do, do so keep an eye on that. Yeah, well so just I, maybe t- take those off if you're not going to be go up with the hedge clippers and just trim off the old. Because the energy anyway is going into producing seed. You know, remember the potato yeah. plant is there to reproduce, to reproduce. itself. Yep. So it's putting all its energy now into producing those seed heads at the top of the stalk. So get the hedge clippers out, trim them off if uh, at the very least. But it, it's a signal that the potatoes are ready for lifting. 
Okay. They're ready for eating. They're ready for the pot. Mm, yummy, yummy. Now, somebody has a fuchsia plant growing in a large pot for the past two years. Okay. There are white grubs with an orange head around the roots. Oh, yeah, the plants <clears> don't look too healthy. I'm not surprised. What is it? I'm not surprised. The roots are being eaten away. So that's uh, that's uh, vine weevil, which is oh, very distinctive. It's the, the listener described it perfectly. Orange little head, C-ship, uh, maggot type body. Use the... Um, Use the Super Nemos that I talked about before. Uh, Super Nemos, just mix it in water, apply it to the tub. That'll kill them overnight or within certainly within two days and the fuchsia will, will, will come back. Yeah. The roots will start to grow again and come back. So use the uh, the Super Nemos. They can be used as well on for carrot root fly, cabbage root fly. They're very effective on all soil-borne pests. And this time of year is the time to be, to be using them when the soil temperature is nice and uh, nice high. And yeah, yeah, nice and warm. Now, somebody has lots of beetroots and they're starting to grow wild. What would the reason well, again, be? Well, again, beetroot will run to seed just exactly the same yeah. as, as our, our friend the onions. And again, it's it's not anything you're doing wrong. It's just that check to growth due to cooler temperatures. You really need to harvest those beetroot now because if you just, you know, the, all the energy now is, is going into the production of flowers and seed. So lift those, whatever they uh, beetroot, if they're of reasonable size, uh, lift them and harvest them. Now, with, with beetroot, when you're taking them out of the ground, don't cut the stems off. Twist the stems off; otherwise, they lose a lot of moisture through the uh, through the cut surface. And store them in in a garage, maybe in damp sand or damp peat, and that'll hold them, uh, you know, for use during mm. the winter or during the autumn months. But I would certainly get them out of the ground now, if they're usable. If they're very young and just kind of at seeding stage and they've gone to seed, then take them out completely and sow some fresh seed. Because beetroot is a very fast, you know, within six weeks, eight right. weeks, you'll, got, you'll have fresh uh, beetroot again. So it's a very fast um, maturing crop. So it's, there's plenty of time to s- still sow it. Okay, excellent. And it's very hardy, you know, it's, it's, it's Swiss chard is in the same family. So right. there's, uh, beetroot is actually, uh, you know, right into the autumn and early winter, you can, you can leave it in the ground and use it, uh, you know, directly from the, from the, from the garden. So resource some fresh seed. Okay, and you'll be back in action. Yeah, oh, you'll in be no back time. in action within a couple of weeks, yeah. Now, somebody's wondering, Mary, good morning to you. Is it a good time to cut back for Scythia? It's growing like mad. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, it's a, for Scythia, a beautiful plant and they were lovely this year. It's a, it's a yellow flowering plant which blooms kind of March, early April. Now, to be honest, Mary, the time to, to prune it is immediately after flowering. Uh, it's gone a little bit late for flowering. What you could do, if it's gone a bit wild and it's a bit leggy, you could certainly take out some of the branches mm. and kind of tidy it up. But I wouldn't give it an overall haircut because that's going to stop the flowers for next year. For Scythiae, grows, it, it flowers in, in March, early April and it comes into growth at that time of year. And whatever growth it makes this year, that's where the flowers are carried next spring. So if you go cutting it in the middle of the summer, you're naturally taking a lot of that mm. flowering wood off the plant. So the correct time to plant it is just as the flowers are fading. So that's kind of April sort of period. And um, the and you feed it at that time of year and then any growth it makes during the summer, it flowers on next spring. So tidy it if you want, but don't give it a severe trimming back or you won't have flowers next spring. spring. But next spring, yep. just as the flowers are beginning to go off, that's t- the time to give it a good hard trimming back. Okay. So put that in the diary for next, probably the last week of April will be the time to, to, to give it a good scutching back. Right, yeah. and then you'll have... Uh, you'll you'll have, have lots of fresh growth and lots of flower then the following spring. Okay, now we, we mentioned the lady uh, who was taking pleasure in seeing her horse's tailweed die, yes. but I'm afraid we've, we've sparked a load of questions about, about Mary's, tail. Mary's tail. How do tail. we get, how, how has that lady been so successful? Well, the, the, the treatment, remember that the treatments like Roundup and 360 and the glyphosate bait, the traditional weed killers are not effective on 
mare's tail. Um, the one to use is the one I mentioned for the law, dicoflar. The one that that's very effective on mare's tail. You mix it in water, you apply it on a dry day, and within a couple of days, you'll start to see the horse tail wilting over and dying away. So it's a treatment called dicoflar. Don't ask me to spell it. Because <laughs> I did earlier during did, the break. You did. Uh, but so dicoflar. So, yeah. Well, we'll get it put it. It's on the, on the website. Yeah, it's yeah. on. It's actually on yeah. our website. Yeah. If you go to gardencentral.ie, um, it's it's sold in a in a white bottle. Uh, it's generally sold as a lawn weed killer, but it's very effective on mare's tail as well. I was I was recommending it for the clover, the clover if you remember. Yeah. So dicoflar mixed in water, apply it on dry weather, and you, within a couple of days, certainly within a week, the uh, mare's tail would be keeled over. Keels. Now, it may reshoot again next spring yeah. because it is it is quite difficult to, to eradicate but if you give it a second application that will certainly help to see it on its way. Okay, but to get to get the ball rolling. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. apply now and yeah. hopefully lots of people now, will Now funny be, enough, they, yeah. you were asking me about organic, uh, potato, the treatment for organic potatoes yeah. and mare's tail. Mare's tail goes back to the dinosaur age. It has been found in... Oh, okay. It's in, one, oh yeah. It's, re- pre, it's a prehistoric... Prehistoric weed. weed. Yeah, and it's, 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 um, it's full of silica and a, a lot of the organic growers will actually harvest it and make it into a into a soup or a syrup. Right. They'll, they'll mix it with water. So they cut the foliage with a hedge yeah. glimmers. They gather it up, put it into a, a, a tub of water and leave it there for maybe two weeks or three weeks to ferment. The silica material comes out into the water yeah. and they use that as a treatment for blight on potatoes. Now, what it actually... It doesn't actually stop the blight, say, like dithem, but yeah. what it actually does is build up the cell the cells in the potato plant, it makes the cell wall thicker because of the silica. And that's, and, and blight finds it difficult to actually penetrate. Oh, okay. So if you've got a lot of mare's tail, and this will be really for next year now. Okay. I have Go another on. addendum to that now. Go on. I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. Uh, also, when you buy handbags, I know well. you might. <laughs> well, you, might, you mightn't buy a lot of them, for no. it. But in handbags, when you buy them, um, there's frequently a little packet um, of silica gel. There you go, And yeah. I think it's, and that would be to absorb moisture so that it doesn't get mildewy and stuff yeah. like that, I'm presuming, inside, in on, on the lining, and that, you know, your bag stays really nice and fresh. There you go. So, I'm not, same I'm principle. Same principle, yeah. but, but, but they, so, so the, yeah, it's full of the silica, and that, that, so what you're making the, the potatoes is stronger, the cell wall is stronger, they become tougher and the, the blight then finds it difficult to actually penetrate into it. So that's another organic treatment for for blight that you could try. Okay, so the mare's tail now, you see, or the horse tail, tail, has tail some not, it's not as bad as no, we thought it was. It's been knocking around for since the dinosaur age for some good reason. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay but really if you do want to just I get know, rid of it, it's I the dicoflar. It is, yeah, yeah. dicoflar is the okay. one to... To, the, one, the one to use. Yeah. Okay, one or two more, I'm yeah, afraid, and then away. we're going to have to call a halt to the proceedings. This year, somebody's roses seem to have grown very tall. Is this okay. normal for older rose bushes? They're getting battered with the weather. Yeah, well, it's normal this year because just the high level of moisture. I mean, you know, plants react when we get this sort of level of rainfall and moisture in the soil and the sort of temperatures we've been having. Of course, plants respond to it by putting on lots of vegetative growth and leafy growth. So that's all your rose bush is doing. Um, what can you do? Well, again, if it's windy and, and there's a, a chance that the stems are going to be broken and damaged, I would actually prune them back a bit. So if you've got the stems are, say, four or five feet high, take 18 inches or two feet off them. The rose bush will reshoot again and on those shoots it'll produce flowers. So there's no harm if your roses have got knocked over or damaged. Just 
cut them back a bit, take them back six, eight, maybe 12 inches, depending on the length of stem, give them a feed, a, a rose feed, which is full of polish, which will help to slow down the growth as well. But, it, but they will reshoot again and reflower. So don't be worried if, if the stems have got a little bit damaged, just cut them back, they'll reshoot again. And again, if roses after the wet weather have got a bit damaged and the flowers mm. have fallen off them, just cut the old flower with about six inches of stem off the plant. It's a form of pruning. The plant is encouraged to produce new shoots and on those shoots you'll have plenty of blooms. Remember that roses flower till November. Okay, so there's plenty of time yet for... Okay, and finally and very quickly, I have a wasp's nest in a spirea bush close to the back door of my house. I'm worried about my children. How do I deal with this, please? Well, remember that, well, I suppose, yeah, okay, it's outside the back door. Mm. Remember that wasps are very beneficial in the garden. They do eat our aphids and green fly and white fly, and so they, they have a purpose in the garden. Okay, if it's outside your back door and you need to get rid of it, yeah. they form a, like a rugby ball, uh, it's made out of actually saliva and wood from the, the wasps that they, they form this kind of rugby ball nest. Yep. So that'll be very distinctive and there'll be a hole right at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So get yourself a small uh, canister of um, the uh, smoke bomb insecticide um, fumigant pea, it's right. called. You'll buy it. It's a little canister. That's the one we use in the greenhouse, the greenhouse to get right? rid of the aphids. Yeah, use that. Now, the wasps will go into the nest at night time. So once it gets dusk, all the wasps will be within in the the actual nest. Put the canister right under the nest, light it and go in. And the smoke will move, go into the nest and kill the, the wasps as they're inside in right. the nest. So do it in the evening time because they'll be out foraging during the day. Yeah. Um, you know, but remember that, look at wasps in general, I wouldn't, you know, if they're... If they're not too, if they're if not really too close to the nest, I know, but I can understand if it's at the back, at or the back door. door. Then, yeah, then the, yeah. treatment, the easiest thing to do, because if you go trying to damage the nest during the day or try to spray it, it's very difficult. Whereas the, the, the little smoke bomb, the smoke itself will, will move up into the nest, okay. bring the insecticide in and it'll kill them overnight. Oh, right. Yeah, and you'll have them all contained within the wasp nest. And you're not really antagonizing them. You're not annoying them. Yeah. You do it, you know, very gently, just light the little fuse, the little fuse in the top of the canister and that'll just excrete the smoke and that'll kill them off overnight. Okay, that should be the end of your problem. Sadly, that's the end of our programme. Until September. Girl. Until September, I'm yeah, yeah. We're only know, on not going summer away. holidays, summer holidays. Yeah, summer holidays. Little break yeah. for Porrick. Okay. And I'll be back in September, you needn't worry. And do check the website, www.gardencentre.ie. Check our blog. We'll be keeping that updated uh, each week with, with hints and tips. And there's a, a comment. If people want to ask me a question, you can do that on the website as well. Send me a question and I'll answer it. Okay, great. Have a wonderful summer. I intend to. Okay. And thank you very much Thanks, for Deirdre. all of the information over the past uh, number of it's months. Been a pleasure. Back in September and I'm back next Saturday. Until then, good morning. Have a great weekend.